we're going to talk about uh, two movies today, a part one and a part two. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't think we've ever done this before. Yeah, right? Yeah, we've done. I mean, we've certainly reviewed trailers for sequels where we've discussed the original film. Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. And things like that. But but mm-hmm. never have we, have we looked at a pairing of films in their entirety that are direct sequels to one another. Um, yeah. All of our other pairings have been more thematically linked, like performance and shampoo and things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, you you are correct. Uh, this will be a first for us. And speaking of of us, who are you? Uh, I'm Bobby Navia. Oh, and I'm Dorian Weinsmer. In case you weren't aware, welcome everybody back to the couch. Yeah. Uh, hope everyone's doing good with their. Uh, hope you're staying in. Yeah. And just listening to the hours and hours and hours of. Uh, audio of dorian and i talking about trailers movies there's so much of it there's so much (laughs) it's like it's like four straight days it could get you through a lot you know yeah i'd say there's like 96 hours you could listen to us for four days straight talk about movies with with no repeats yep nope yeah it's uh we you know we should we should do a revisit though sometime maybe we should go back and uh, it, it revisit something that we talked about in an early episode, like like we talked about a trailer, but we never saw the movie. We so we should watch the movie and talk about it. Maybe that, or even that that would be fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or also just movies that we discussed in the past too. Like I don't know, the first episode we were talking about Annihilation. That's probably not going to be a great oh. one to revisit though, because I feel like we'll both be like, yeah, I still feel the exact same way. This movie's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Just two um, hours of jerking each other off. Just yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Or, or we could just have another Spielberg shit fest and, you know, just what, let's force ourselves to rewatch Ready Player One. And, and or should just, we do, should we, should we watch like Jaws and then watch Ready Player One? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we do something where we watch like a filmmaker's like fucking like yeah. Apex? And then just watch like the absolute worst thing they've done. Yeah, the peak and the nadir of their careers. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually all for that. I, I love yeah. this idea. The question then becomes, what order do you watch them in? Um, do you, I mean, do you go like great movie? It pro- what would probably be chronological, which is like great movie first and then shitty movie <laughs> later. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, or, or just like first and last, you know, just pick mm-hmm. some, like, let's just watch their first movie and then whatever the last movie is that they put out. Oh, okay. That would be good you know? too. I like and that. Yeah. See, let's just take a look, <laughs> <laughs> see how this, you know, the bookends of their career as of this point are looking. Um, cause Ready Player One's still Spielberg's last movie, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I don't think he's put out anything since then. I don't. I don't think so either. I wonder what I, the post came out before Ready Player One. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it did. did. Right? Even though I think they shot it afterwards, but it came out first, if I remember right, because of all the post work on uh, on Ready Player One. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. but yeah, they came out close to each other. But I'm almost positive that the post came out first. Yeah, his last his last one was uh, Ready Player One 20, 2018. Jesus, that movie's not even that old. Fuck. No, it's only two years old. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was the beginning. Our podcast is about two years old, so. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. guess that makes sense. But yeah, man, that is fucking weird. That is crazy. Yeah. I was hoping more time had passed since that tragedy. 
it feels like more time has passed. <laughs> it, does. it might be because we're in quarantine, but you know, like it feels like more time has passed. Yeah, it feels like that was a mistake of you know that was made ages ago, but it was it's, it's still fresh in our past. That's just the times we live in, though. Yeah, two years did kind you, of is ancient ancient history in a lot of ways. <clears throat> did you ever see the Adventures of Tintin? I never did. Oh, yeah. I remember oh. you telling me it was good. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I saw it. I only saw it once. So, mm-hmm. I mean, upon a rewatch, I probably could it could sway either way. But yeah, uh, I really dug it. But yeah, nice. I liked um, Bridge of Spies. Yes, Bridge of Spies was good. Yeah, that's good. Movie. I did. I like that one. I like Lincoln. Every once in a while, I put Lincoln on, but I've never seen that actually. It's pretty. It's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix. Yeah, it um, was up there for a while. I feel like we. Yeah. Yeah, it, like Hannah and I, con- it's one of those ones we always are like, oh man, we both really want to watch it, but it's just, I don't know, when are you in the mood to watch, you know, like a two and a half hour movie about a piece <laughs> of legislation being passed? Like, <laughs> it does. It's not like the most exciting, like, all right, yeah, we're going to watch Lincoln tonight, you know, it's it's just, yeah. it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, we would have been better off seeing it in the theater when it was one of like an event, you know, like something to go and do. Oh, yeah. Because like yeah, trying yeah. to turn it on at home, you're like, I'd, I'd really rather do almost like anything else. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the two movies we're going to do today are uh, these two movies that uh, called Creep and Creep 2. Yeah. Um,. When did the I oh God? I should have had this up. Creep. The first one came out in what 2015? Uh, twenty fifteen. I think twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen. Yeah, you're it right. Came out, the yeah. first. Uh, yeah, first Creep came out in twenty fourteen. Uh, written and directed by uh, Patrick Bryce, co-written by Mark Duplass, who's the main character in both movies. Yeah. And uh, how do you want to? I guess we'll just start talking about the first one, right? Yeah, yeah, we can just start start off on on numero uno. So yeah. So, so you watched this on a whim, right? Yeah, I've had it on my list for a while on because they're both on Netflix and right. um, you know these uh, these movies have a, a pretty good reputation in like the yes. indie horror film world as being like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they've got a little bit of like a culty following. Um, I know they're even they're working on a third creep movie. Yeah, um, right now I was reading some stuff. They said said they're having some you know difficulties coming up with the right concept and everything for it. Um, but uh, yeah, that they want to do a third one. And, uh, and there's, you know, there's the desire for it. Uh, the, the fan base is there and everything. So, so anyway, yeah, they, uh, they're like found footage type movies, um, really low budget. Like the, the first one in particular, there's only two people in the whole movie. Um, and it's, it's the director is the main character and then Mm -hmm. Mark Duplass. So the two writers of the movie are the two stars of the movie as well. And then one of the guys is actually the director too. So, right. You know, very low budget concept Mm -hmm. and, and approach to this and everything, um, which, uh, you know, so then, so then the movie also has a found footage, you know, kind of quality to it. Um, mm-hmm. that's basically what it is. Cause this guy gets the setup of the first movie creep is that this guy is just like a struggling videographer living somewhere. I don't know if they even really, you know, it looked like Utah to me. Yeah. It was like Utah or they, there might've been some mention of like Salt Lake city or something like that, I think. In okay. There. So yeah, but it was like Utah or Wyoming or someplace, you know, kind of like remote and mountainous. Um, and uh, this guy just responds to an ad, you know, for like a thousand dollars a day for a videographer, which of course, like any videographer would jump at, um, <laughs> you know. So he he it's like a Craigslist ad. So he just like takes the gig and you know goes to this guy's place that's like kind of out in the middle of nowhere, 
and um, and meets the guy, and uh, he tells him this is Mark Duplass's character. His name is Joseph, uh, and the uh, the main character, the videographer who takes the gig, his name is uh, Aaron. Yes, Aaron. From a, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Joseph uh, starts telling Aaron that um, he's you know he he's a cancer survivor and all this stuff, but then now he's just discovered that he's got like a brain tumor. And right. he's probably going to die soon, uh, but, like, his wife is pregnant, and he wants to... He starts talking about that Michael Keaton movie, My Life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was dying laughing during the scene when they were just setting it up. I was like, damn, I'm, I'm kind of, like, way into this movie. I really didn't know what to expect, you know, going yeah. in. I just knew, like, this is, like, a low-budget indie uh, horror films that have like a pretty good reputation, you know, and that's like really about, and that they were like found footage style. Yeah. You know, there's so many of those that are like that too. Where yeah. Like a movie, just a horror movie will come out and be like, Oh my God, this is so great. It's so amazing. And then you watch it and it's just like, eh, it's, it's, it's not, you know, but yeah, it's so just I, not I, horrible. Like the bar, I think we've talked about this with uh, some horror movies in the past, like recent ones that like, it feels like the bar is just so low. Yes. For, you know, because there's so fucking many just terrible, terrible, unwatchably bad horror movies out there. <laughs> right. That, right. you know, and, and I get it. Like, I love horror movies, too. So it's like, I want to try to give them a chance. And, like, you end up watching, you know, just because you're like, ah, fuck. I, <laughs> I want this to be good. It probably yes. won't. But I'm going to try it out, you know. And you watch it and you're like, man, this fucking sucks. And then, <laughs> so when you see something that's even, like, remotely competent, it's easy to kind of get like a false positive from that. Yeah, right. Because your bar is so low that, you know, then you watch something that's competent and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I love this movie. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 you're just, you're just kind of overreacting because you're like, you know, <laughs> your recent experiences have been so poor that like now this okay one seems far greater than it actually is. Right, right. Um, you know, so yeah, so I've been wary of that. And that's why I haven't, you know, that's why this has sat on my Netflix uh, you know list yeah for like two years i've had these two movies on here like oh, i should watch these i've heard they're really good and i'm just like <clears throat> eh. and they're only like 75 minutes each also it's not mm -hmm. a big time investment you know <laughs> like um and i just you know just wasn't just wasn't gravitating towards them for any reason but finally did the other night and um yeah so then this like opening scene starts to happen where you know so so everything we're seeing is through this guy's camera, this videographer, Aaron, that's right, been hired. Right. You know, it's all footage from his cameras. He's, like, filming this day with this guy and everything. But so, yeah, he starts talking about this movie, My Life, and that, like, he's going to, you know, Michael Keaton's, like, dying of cancer. And so he, like, makes this video for his son mm -hmm. in case he dies before his son is born and they never get to meet. And so, like, that's what this guy wants to do. He wants this, yeah. you know, Aaron to, like just film him in like his day-to-day -day life and like, you know, so you can just kind of see who his dad was and, and all this type of stuff. So, you know, it has this kind of like sweet start, but you know, this guy's really weird. Um, yeah. you know, you get right off the bat that like, he's, he's kind of a weirdo. And I mean, the movie's called creep. So it's like, you, you know where things are headed for the most part. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> um, but the thing is, it's like, he's fucking hilarious. Like, Mark Duplass is really good in this movie. Dude, I love Mark Duplass in this role. I, I really, really do. I mean, that's why I was watching it. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, it, it's funny because... So, the first half of the movie, you know, like, first 40 minutes, it's like, yeah, you get you get little hints here and there that, like, something's not quite adding up, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with this guy's story and, you know, and all, all this type of shit and that there's there's probably something else going on here. 
And then it's really like the second half of the movie, or maybe even really the last like 30-ish minutes, that it becomes like, okay, now we're a horror film, you know? Right, right, right. And right. like it's it's cat and mouse, and you know, we've got this, you know, uh, you know, we're 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 just seeing everything through this camera that this guy's carrying around. So we've got this really limited like field of view and things like that. And mm-hmm. you know, other times the camera just gets like left on a table and we're just stuck watching whatever unfolds, you know, from that angle, things like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I almost got a little bummed out when it became the horror movie that I was turning on in the first place, you know, because I didn't get to just experience his character anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, cause now we were focused on Aaron as he's being like stalked by Joseph. And so Joseph's not really right. like on camera, you know, like giving these like monologues or having these scenes with, with Aaron where, you know, he's trying to like get him to you know, like be openly emotional, just like he is, you know, like I'm trying to open up and like, I need you behind the camera to like open up too, so I can really like show my son who I am and like all this type of stuff. And those scenes, all those scenes with the two of them interacting are just like so good and like so fun to watch (laughs) (laughs) and just kind of made even better where it's like you, you kind of start like cheering him on. You're almost like, yeah, I kind of want to see this guy just like fuck with this dude, you know? Um, but then it becomes, you know, a bit more sinister. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a really good, like, tonal shift in the movie. Yes. Um, there's a scene where, you know, because they go through the day and then it's, like, late at night and, you know, he's trying to convince Aaron to just, like, not drive home and just, like, stay the night or something because it's, like, it's dark out and it's really <laughs> dangerous and, you know, let's have, let's just I have thought a drink. About, uh, I thought about you when he was just, like, at the top of the stairs and he's like, oh, I was, I was going to pour you a whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Just the way he said it, I was like, Dorian's going to be doing this a lot, like when he's drunk or whatever. Like, you guys are going to go? I was going to pour you guys a whiskey. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty dark going down that yeah. hill. Like, <laughs> my, yeah. dude, my favorite part, oh my God, I was dying laughing when he was like starting to ask him about like his finance. He's like, oh, you know, so, so, you know, are you doing okay? Like is videography like working out for you? Cause like, you know, I've got, I've got like a lot of money and I'm going to die and you know, I'd I'd love to help you out and stuff. Yeah. And when he was just like, Aaron, look in your boot. I put a check in your boot. And he, (laughs) and he looks and he looks down and like the camera looks down. There's nothing in his boot and he looks up and Mark Duplass is just sitting there and he's like, there's no check in your boot. But you looked, so that tells me you are desperate for money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like losing it. Because <laughs> like in the, middle, in the middle of the movie, you're like, a, well, Aaron gets a phone call. I think the phone call is when that tonal shift happens. Yeah. In the well, movie, it was, right? Or? For me, it was, it was like right before that when, um, when Joseph tells him the story about raping his wife. Oh yeah, that's right. Because we actually, you know, he tells he he tells Aaron to they do they do a few clever things too with the like the the camera, you know, being mm-hmm. just this guy's camera in the scene. Yeah. So there's like a part where he asks him to like turn the camera off because like I'm gonna I want to like say something that's really personal and all this type of shit. And uh, so he turns it, you know, he he just like puts it in a bag or like puts the lens cap on and pretends it's off, but like the microphone's still rolling. So right. So we hear this whole story that Joseph tells, but it's just over black. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that for me, I thought visually was kind of a cool way also of creating like you know this kind of divide in the movie where it's like we are literally like going to this dark place now, you know. And when we come yes, back, yes. it's not going to be the same anymore. You know, it's it's we're coming now from a right. different place. 
and um and yeah he tells this you know this this story about you know his wife being into animal porn and like <laughs> and you know they they because his, his internet was slowing down and he started like <laughs> again like this is just I love this story. And so, uh, from what I understand, too, this is stuff I read, like, most of this was all improvised. Yeah, 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 There yeah. was, like, very little of it was written. And, I mean, there mm-hmm. is so much, like, really good dialogue in this movie, actually, that I, they're just both really good at this. Yeah. Um, I heard that there was, like, uh, there's uh, quite a different versions of almost every scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that, like, obviously when they went into editing, they picked the best ones to sort of, you know, yeah, balance I, everything out, but... I think I read too. They were like they were like sharing scenes with friends. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And showing it to them, and as and kind of seeing like what people were gravitating towards, or like what they were getting out of the scenes, and then kind of like started just pushing the movie more in that direction. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I think it was going to be like more psychological at a certain point, but people started liking the idea of like you know him being like a serial killer or whatever, and yeah. like you know stalk like bringing this guy in, and then kind of like starting to stalk him from there. Um. <clears throat> but uh but yeah anyway so yeah it, it, there's this amazing story that he tells about yeah his wife he, he just, his internet starts slowing down and his friend like tells him to check like you know his browser history and like browser cache because if that's getting like full then you know he you know that could be what's slowing his browser down and he starts <laughs> looking and he discovers all this animal porn and he's like you know there's only two people who use this computer it's me and my wife so you know like i confronted right. her about it and she, you know, totally denied everything and, you know, it's just made things worse. And then we tried, we get, came on this retreat to this like house that we're at here. He said it was like his vac- family's vacation house. And, um, yeah. And then he like, you know, sneaks out in the middle of the night when she's asleep and buys like a wolf, a shitty wolf mask, uh, right. down at like a 24 hour corner store. And then it comes back and like, you know, just breaks into his own house and ties his wife up and like rapes her wearing this wolf mask. And then after that, she stopped looking at animal porn. Like she was just happy or whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> and all this. And you find out that this is, you know, this story is either a complete bullshit or he raped his sister. <laughs> yeah. Because he keeps calling his wife Angela and then Angela calls and Patrick, uh, Aaron uh, ends up answering the phone. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, talking to Angela, and she says that she's actually uh, Joseph's bro- uh, Joseph's sister, right? And all this stuff. But who knows? That could have been that whole phone call could have been part of his whole, you know, mind fuckery thing as well. Oh yeah, that's true. That's you true. Know? Didn't but, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the the one thing that because oh yeah that's right he answers the phone because um, he drugs he he kind of realizes like after the the whole like wolf mask I raped my wife story like he's noticeably like kind of freaked out and like wants to leave at that point and then right. he realizes that he can't find his car keys <clears throat> oh that's right that's right yeah. yes and so he ends up uh, he figures that Joseph took his car keys yeah rightfully so and um, so he ends up drugging Joseph mm-hmm. which was the one kind of like weird pothole i was like where did he just get drugs to drug this guy (laughs) like because it just happens in the background you see him doing it in the background of a shot yeah yeah you know and all this but it's like he just has this like little vial in his pocket or something like that of like and you're like why does this guy just have this (laughs) um but yeah so so that was the one you know kind of weird thing but um 
But anyway, so yeah, so what so what did you think? Did you did you like so yeah, and then after that it becomes like a, you know, it, like he ends up getting away um uh, from the Joseph, house. Yeah. Oh, uh, Aaron Aaron does. Aaron does. Yeah. Yeah. He ends up getting away and then he's kind of like stalked by Joseph. He gets he starts getting these like DVDs sent to yeah. his house and stuff like that and um you know and uh, yeah all this weird stuff keeps happening and then yeah it culminates in a finale <laughs> which i don't want to uh, i don't necessarily want to ruin for anyone because i actually i kind of dug the the ending of this I, movie i really dug it too yeah. actually yeah um it's it's pretty cool but uh did you so yeah what do you what do you think of the film bobby i i liked it actually yeah um it no, actually, I, did, it, I did too actually i thought it, it was pretty it good actually, i it took me uh actually by surprise like as i was watching it i I didn't realize how much I, I feel like when you, maybe this is just me, but when you start a movie that is a found footage movie, I always just have like a preconceived notion of like, this is just not going to, I'm not going to be into this at all. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. uh, it's just not going to do it for me. So it's, I'm almost already checking myself out of the movie, like right when the frame opens up and I'm Generally like, Generally not oh. my thing either. Yeah. Yeah, and so the fact that when we got to Joseph and he's like talking to him and you know you know telling him all these stories or the uh, the tubby time was a pretty favorite yeah. one of mine. <laughs> Tubbies. Well, at the end like, when Aaron was talking about his dreams that he was having. And I know. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was having tubbies. I thought for a second the movie was going to just go in this other direction where like he was like Joseph's kid or something like I was like oh my god if this if they pull this off in some way um but no uh yeah Tubby Time was a was a, it felt like a pretty interesting just like performance piece you know like on its own <laughs> um but uh no aside from that I um I really, really dug it. I, I just wanna. I know we're still talking about the first one, but I think I just wanna sort of lay this lay this groundwork in here right now, so that yeah. we can get into talking about number two. Um, <clears throat> in number two, you know, uh, Joseph, who goes by the name of Aaron, in number two, yeah, he's he's got the. There's the part where he has the camera on himself the first time, and he basically says, "I'm a serial killer," mm-hmm. and he basically, I've just lost my, you know my drive to sort of do this and I'm going to be turning 40, you know, yeah, he has a midlife crisis basically. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, which I thought was a a great, like, you know, it was a great start. Like I was very curious what two was going to do. Cause I guess whatever, we'll just, we've spoiled everything else. He kills Aaron at the end of one. Yes, he does. You know, so he kills Aaron and then in two, he starts calling it. He's referring to himself as Aaron. Right. Right. When he's, uh, yeah. When he meets the, the main character in, in part two, but, um, But yeah, the the whole midlife crisis thing though it was it was really funny and like he's got his hair's long and he's got like a beard and shit like yeah. a like a ponytail ponytail. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, I started actually thinking a lot about uh, I started thinking a lot about Golden Glove. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Just because we were having that serial killer talk, you know, a couple weeks ago where. Uh, you know, Golden Glove is just sort of like the the raw nerve of like a serial killer movie, you know, yeah. uh, adaption or whatever, based on a true story. And I just thought, like listening to listening to Aaron Joseph slash Aaron talk about how he's admitting to being a serial killer. It's like I want to make a documentary about 
the greatest serial killer like no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, this is fucking pretty rad. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> this is some, like, fucked up shit, you know? Um, and so I, I just thought about, you know, I started thinking about serial killers we've never heard because I never heard about the serial killer in Golden Glove before. Right, yeah. No, you know, and, yeah. and I, I don't think that it... Uh, that serial killer, uh, you know, Franz Hanka being from Germany should make any difference, you know, because we've all heard about like Jack the Ripper. Yeah, in, right. In, in some way, you know, so. But the fact that I've never heard about this guy who just randomly killed these prostitutes and would hide their body parts in the walls of his home kind of gave me the same feeling as like, you know, Joseph and Aaron. It's just sort of like this guy who rents houses. Mm-hmm. We don't know how he keeps doing this, but, you know, he just ends up stalking these 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 people and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I also liked in the in the in the first in the first one, I thought that um, uh, I was very impressed with how simple every uh, sort of setup or even like they it's almost like the movie was like making fun of jump scares. as Yeah. Well. <laughs> like I love that Joseph was just trying to just pop out from places to scare. Yeah. To scare him. Yeah. He um, just thinks it's funny. And then it's yeah. like. But then it was was I thought was really clever too was like and then when the movie actually becomes a horror movie yeah there's no jump scares none it it only does it when it's a comedy because it's just like Joseph just thinks it's funny to do so he'll just like run ahead of Aaron like while he's filming and then Aaron will come chasing and he'll pop out from behind some in front of the camera and scream and yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah it's just like this hilarious kind of like character trait but but yeah no I liked that. Um, you know, I thought that was a smart thing from one to two as well, because it was like with one, you know, the first half of the movie, the whole thing is like, uh, like, you don't know exactly what's going to happen or like when the other shoe is going to drop. Right. You right. know, you, again, we know it's a horror film. It's called Creep. You know, we've, we've got a lot cluing us into like where this is eventually going. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you don't really know when it's going to happen or like to what extent, you know, this guy does this stuff or like really what the story is or anything. And, you know, you find out by the end Mm -hmm. so in part two it's like it would have been really stupid if they tried to do that again right you know like build up that same kind of suspense in the beginning so it just starts right off the bat with like yeah i'm a serial killer um yeah you know it's it's like the same setup he just like puts out this ad for like a videographer and this woman uh replies uh her name is sarah Sarah, yeah, and Sarah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so she. I goes, love the. Uh, I love the ad. Uh, the ad. The the Craigslist ad said, uh, "Hope you're a fan of Interview with the Vampire." Yeah, that's right, <laughs> dude. I was like, "Yes, that's so good." Well, then he explains it later. He's like, "Well, that's why I put that in there." <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Because um, I want people to be afraid of me, like yeah, you know, to be cautious, you know, yeah. And uh, but yeah, so so when she gets there. Um, he ends up telling her right off the bat, like, look, I'm a serial killer. No one's ever heard of me. And I've just like, I've just like lost my inspiration. You know, like what you were saying before, I'm turning 40. Yeah. I'm just kind of having a midlife crisis. I'm just, I, I don't enjoy my work anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and like all this type of stuff. And he's like, I'm just, I need to just get it all out and like, you know, see where that takes me. See if I can like rediscover that flame. <laughs> <laughs> right right um, you know and all this shit so he tells her right off the bat like what you know she obviously doesn't like totally believe him right away is like okay this guy's just some weirdo or whatever but um uh but yeah so so then the movie you know all moves from that angle like he's not trying to you know it, it becomes more of like a tennis match in this movie actually 
uh, yeah. in in Creep Two rather than like you know this this one guy obviously being the like spider who's got like you know someone in his web and he's mm-hmm. kind of controlling everything. It's like it really is kind of like a back and forth more so in this movie between these two characters. And what's the name of her? Because the her character Sarah has a YouTube show. Yeah, uh, that she's like trying to like make big, like get bigger. Uh, yeah, on the where she was just like replying to like random Craigslist <laughs> ads, you know, for like yes. weird stuff and just like meeting the people and like interviewing them and talking to them and all that stuff. So that's why she as things get weirder, she sticks around with this yes. because she, you know, she has this YouTube show that she's been that nobody's watching. Yeah, you know, nine people. Sh- <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, no one gives a shit about. So she finally finds like an actually like really interesting person. Right. You know, from uh, one of these Craigslist ads. So even though things start to get, you know, pretty questionable, she's like, ah, fuck, this is what's been, this is why my show sucks, though, you know, because I've been afraid to, like, really dive in. Right, and, right. Um, so so she sticks around through some, you know, some weird shit. But, um, yeah, so, you know, so, so two ends up becoming, you know, a, a very different movie from the first one. Yes. Um, it still has the same style. It's still uh, found footage because it's all her, you know, the footage that she shot mm-hmm. uh, is shooting throughout this day, you know, like with this guy and everything. And um, so it still has the same style. But yeah, it, it ends up becoming like a very, very different film. Um, and I, I would even say that too, for me at least, like never really was a horror film at all. It didn't feel like it. No. Really? Like it felt like I was kind of watching like a like basic instinct, like just this like power play between two people mm-hmm. of like, it's like, there's just like a lot of give and take in the, yeah. in the movie between the both of them. And like their chemistry is really good in the movie. Like, yeah, it really is. And it kept me, uh, I was actually surprised that it, it, it kept uh, surprising me, like stuff that she would do kept surprising me. And then yeah. also like his reaction to stuff she would do was also very surprising as well. Um, and so, um, I actually did you end up liking too? I remember when you texted me you were it maybe sounded like you were on the fence. Yeah, no, I did. Um it did I, I will say, yeah, that because uh, you haven't seen Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, correct? No, no, okay. I yeah, so that was the only thing that kind of like knocked two down a little bit for me was there were parts of that whole like serial killer doing an interview you know and like kind of having a midlife crisis and like all this type of stuff trying to rediscover his inspiration like that's pretty much the plot of of behind the mask okay okay so there's there were some things you know this movie i thought did it its own thing with it um Mm -hmm. but there were times that it became like very similar yeah uh to to behind the mask which came out like 11 years before i think that's from like 06 Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, you know, so at times it felt like, you know, just a little derivative, I guess, of, of a movie mm-hmm. I'd already seen that had done a similar, seemingly like really unique thing, you okay. know, but that I was like, okay, no, but I've kind of seen this before. Um, right. Right. But I thought again, like the chemistry between these two characters and like just the constant surprising nature of like what was happening between the two of them throughout the film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was really, really good. And definitely okay. kept me like really, really engaged, you know, throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. And uh, so I, w- I would say I think I liked it like about as much as the first one. Okay. Uh, but just in a really different way, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. They're, they really are pretty different movies. They are. Yeah. 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 Which I think is cool and like in a smart way to approach this because again, it's not. This is not like a 
you know, a, a typical franchise concept where you can just like, okay, let's just have him new group of kids that he's hunting or whatever, you know, like a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever. Right, exactly. Um, you know, that really does need to kind of <clears throat> have a reason to exist each time, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, should be the case for every movie. But again, I get it with franchise shit. It's just like, whatever, let's just give him some fresh meat to carve up. Right, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, so so I, I really did appreciate that they you know what they did with this character because again I, I like the character so much that this also I I liked this movie because it gave us so much more of an opportunity to like spend time with him, right, and right. kind of explore this guy you know <laughs> and um and watch the two of them interact because again they're just like both really interesting the way that she starts kind of like as a director like trying to kind of like push him you right. know she starts like kind of treating him like an actor you know who's like playing a serial killer. And, like, mm. you know, trying to, like, kind of, like, push him outside of his not really, like, you know, kind of stepping past the real danger that she's in that we know she's in because we know this guy actually murders people. Right. Um, that, um, you know, and she's approaching a little bit more like, yeah, like like a director would. Um, you know, certain times, yeah, a little more... Um, uh, intimate, I guess. <laughs> um, but stuff like, you know, where he, he kind of like gets into a weird like mood where you as the viewer knowing he's a serial killer, like I would not go like, you know, poking that bear right now. You know, this, yeah, this guy actually yeah. murders people and shit. If he's like in this, <laughs> I want to be alone mood, maybe you should just leave him alone. But she just like, you know, gets in the hot tub behind him and just like starts massaging his back. Yeah, you know, I actually and, really like. I, re- I really like that scene. Uh, I did too. I thought it was amazing. It like, was great. Yeah. yeah, and I I don't think that was like again this one mostly improvised. I think some of that type of stuff too was not scripted because like his reaction is really like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and but then the way they play it, you know, from there is is really really good. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, so you know, there's this just really interesting kind of like, but but it's also kind of like what he needs, you know. Right, yeah. And it ends up kind of, like, pushing him in the way that he needs to be pushed to kind of, like, dig deeper. Like, all the stuff he keeps talking about. Like, I really want to go deep, you know? And, like, get in and, like, expose our souls to each other, you know? And shit like that. (laughs) It's like she kind of takes up the charge and forces him to actually do that. Yeah. Um, You know, whereas it seems, you know, from the first one that that's always just kind of been his, like, you know, his setup or whatever. Right, right, right. For, like, how he, like, builds the friendship that he's eventually going to, like, you know, murder (laughs) Mm -hmm. with the person he's going to eventually murder (laughs) and stuff. And, you know, she actually pushes him to dig deeper and, and, you know, and then he starts to, like, respond in a way that that was unexpected. Well, he tells her Uh, that story about Francis Ford Coppola. (laughs) What would Francis do? Which was fucking great. And then, like, I'm sure that's where she just gets the notion to just treat him, like, as a subject, you know, yeah. and not not take him completely seriously because it's like, oh, this is what you need is some, you know, direction. So mm-hmm. let's put yeah. myself in that sort of mind frame and I will I will push you, but also know when to bring you back and, you know, coddle you a little bit and yeah. then push you even further because now I've established this ground of trust, maybe temporarily, and then I can just sort of like do whatever I want with you. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, which is interesting because that's what he did in the first one, right? Yeah, with and, with Aaron, yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting too because like you know, well, because there is this like meta textual like filmmakery kind of thing going on too, where it's like you know the end of the first movie also is kind of a reveal that like what you've been watching is like what the killer put together from the camera he ultimately stole from this guy, you know, yes. after he killed him. 
you know, very much. So it's not really found footage so much as it's like it's what the killer put together from the footage that his victim shot. Right, right. <laughs> you know, which is really cool, too. I thought that was like a really neat ending to the film uh, as mm-hmm. well. I like that. And but, but so then in two also, he's, he keeps talking about his murders as films. You right. know, he's yes. like, I've, he's like, I've made like 40 kill movies already. You know, it's, yeah. we got, we got to make something else, you know, like, so there, and then he starts talking about Coppola and like the must be an interview with a vampire fan. So there <laughs> is this like, you know, metatextual, like director actor relationship, but it's like, who's the director and who's the actor, you know, in the first movie, obviously it's like, you know, he's the director, even though he's the one in front of the camera and the, the, the guy behind the camera is the one who's kind of act, you know, playing out his script yeah right um and then in this one she kind of like reverses that on him but yeah like kind of takes up i think she starts to understand like the way that he views this stuff in this like kind of cinematic cinematic context and, yeah right and again you know like that's her strength as well and so she kind of like turns that around on him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um but yeah what, what was the coppola quote again um uh, well, she kept saying, "What what would Coppola do?" But that he, oh yeah, that he said he kept saying he kept trying and failing, but that he was he oh, was going to yeah. keep trying anyway. You know, it was uh, like, that that Coppola said that uh, that he thought he made his last great movie with the conversation, right? And that he don't he doesn't think that he'll ever get to that level again. But that's okay. It doesn't uh, I'm still going to keep trying. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and so every time, like you know. Uh, uh, the the killer Mark Duplass's character who yeah again now refers to himself as Aaron in this movie right makes it a little confusing to talk about them I know <laughs> <laughs> but um you know every time he gets like kind of despondent or he like wants to give up you know or like tells her to go away and like we're done and stuff she's just like no man like what would Francis Ford Coppola do yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> and again I think those were like improvised moments because there's there's one time where she says it in particular that he really is like oh my god yeah <laughs> like that's oh, you're a genius like, <laughs> um um i feel like i really locked into number two when he in that scene when he revealed that like he knew about her show yeah and um because i kept trying to figure out when she started actually believing him and i couldn't figure out if it was like in that moment or if it was in like when he tried to hang himself or when they were in the woods like towards the end mm-hmm you know, because it still takes a while. Even like, even when he goes looking for her and she like runs out with all the tape on her face to scream him. Uh huh. Like, I feel like even then she's just still playing the part of the director in a yeah. way, you know. Um, but uh, I, I thought that it might have been the, the part where she's like pouring him the wine and he he tells her that like he he knows about her, the knife in her boot and, mm-hmm. you know, knows about her show. And now he's just trying to give her the best, you know, episode or something yeah right yeah yeah yeah. no that that definitely seemed like the turning point because she he even shows her the video of like him killing aaron from the first movie right right and you can tell she kind of like doesn't buy it you know that this is just like a you know some vfx because the way it's shot too it's like a wide shot and they're like kind of in the background or like Mm -hmm. mid-ground a little bit more so it's not this like close up like you know i'm holding the camera while i'm hacking this guy to bits kind of thing yeah. Um, so you can tell she watches it and is kind of like, oh, well, that's, you know, neat little film that you made there or whatever. Yeah, but, right, right. Um, you can tell she kind of doesn't doesn't totally buy it. So, but yeah, I think that's the point where she goes like, okay, this might, this might all be real, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely at that moment. Um, uh, how, how do you think, um, let's talk about. That part where he hung himself too was hilarious. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. 
Um, I want to talk about like the endings. So the ending of number one compared to the ending of number two. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously very, well, I mean, you know, someone quote unquote dies in each of them. Um, but definitely different because number two feels like it, it keeps, you know, Sarah open. Yeah. For a potential third to show up there or whatever. Um, and uh, if they ever get around to doing the third one, I wonder if she still plays a, a prominent part. Right. But um, what did you think about the ending to number two? Um, you know, it was... Uh, <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I like, I liked it. I thought, it, like, where it ended up in particular, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh-huh. Like, the very end of it was uh, was nice. But, you know, the whole part with him, you know, like stabbing himself <laughs> like well then the the camera just like being on the grave and then him coming out and being like well uh, just, i don't think i'm gonna die tonight guys <laughs> doesn't look like it's gonna happen and then she gets away as well yeah um and everything is yeah you know it like i i dug it but i, I definitely kind of got a feeling that it, it kind of felt like they didn't really know how to end the movie okay um, you know, that like they're this kind of highly improvised, you know, the first one feels like a pretty, it's a definitive ending, you know, like yeah. that, they could have just made that one movie and it would have on its own and that would have been it, you know? Right, right. And uh, I, I would, you know, understand it. But like, you know, the, the ending of the second one, again, while I enjoyed it, because I thought it was funny and, and you know, um, and it was it was fun to watch. Uh, it, it did feel a little bit to me like they were kind of grasping at straws. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'll say that much. Um, it is almost a, it is almost a parallel to the first one. Like she is coming out of the grave behind him Mm -hmm. with something just like he's behind Aaron in the first movie Mm -hmm. and strikes him in the head. And then like, that's it. Like runs away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, yeah. And then we get a little coda at the end where it's like, we don't know how much later, but you know, she's like on the subway or something. It looks totally different. And we've got this like zoomed in hand cam like you know watching her um so he's still still around and still aware so neither of them die you know he's just right, basically right, big right. plan is to like kill both of them <laughs> um on camera and uh you know and all this shit but um but yeah neither of them end up dying yeah you know so i guess it does beg the question too though about some of the stuff at the end of two that like because I guess what what gave it that feeling to me that it was a little like loose or not you know uh, it's sort of like fully thought through, mm-hmm. uh, fully baked, um, was, uh, you know, just maybe the sense that it, it like this, this dude, uh, you know, the killer that Mark Duplass plays, he, you know, he's not the type of guy that I think would like fuck up this badly, you know? Okay. Like, yeah. I feel like if he wanted to kill someone, he'd be able to pull it off. You know, he's pretty good at it at this point. Um, yeah. And, you know, and so, so, you know, to what degree was all of that intentional on his part as well? You know, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Was, is that possibly where, you know, that's headed or like what this was all about was like, he wanted to kind of like draw this out more or, you know, maybe he is, he does have this conversation with her where he tells her, like, I think I'm actually like falling in love with you. Right, and, right. You know, stuff. Maybe he is having some sort of weird, conflicting emotions, or maybe he's realizing this is like this is his new inspiration. You know. Yeah, that's like, true. That's whatever. True. So you know, so there there are a lot of ways that it like it could go from this direction. But just you know, when it when it was happening and I was watching it, um, especially even some of the way it was cut. You know, um, 
uh, also just felt a little bit like, I feel like, you know, they ended this shot and then we cut and we're like, okay, what do we do now? You know? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> and then right. they figured it out and then they hit record again. And then like, you know, we got the next chunk of the scene or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it felt like it was kind of maybe losing its thread a little bit, uh, you know, at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I was really glad that uh, you suggested these movies. I, I enjoyed them quite a bit. Awesome. No, I'm glad to hear it. I, I did too. That's what I was kind of surprised about. Like, you know, when I yeah. watched the first one and I texted you about it, I was just like, mm, it might be worth checking out actually. Cause yeah. 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 I was know, worried. Both- Cause I was like, what you like this? Like what was like when you suggested it, I was just like, maybe I can think of something else to watch. Cause I don't know if I want to watch these. This is, yeah. but that, that was me literally like thinking about it being a, uh, what do you call it? A found footage movie. Yeah. That's all I yeah. was thinking about. I was like, oh, God, I don't want to do a found footage movie. But then I was like, whatever. I haven't watched one in a while. Let's just do it. Let's watch it. And it was totally pleasantly surprised with it. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, it's not Blair Witch. You know, it's not no. found mm-hmm. footagey like that. It's like, you know, uh, there are many times when the camera is just like placed on a stable surface. <laughs> you know, it's not, yeah, right. It's not just like running shaky cam bullshit, you know, like we don't care mm-hmm. about cinematography. Like there's definitely moments of this, these movies that are like really composed. Yes. You know, with the camera and everything. So it's like they do a good balance in, of, of making it feel like natural, but also not making it, you know, nauseating to watch. Um, right. Exactly. Because again, because again, like I said, too, about the, the first one and are I mean, really both movies, mm-hmm. you know, he the killer character, Mark Duplass's character gets away with the camera with all the footage, you know. Yes. So it's like what you're watching is like his edit. <laughs> of this stuff it's it's not you know um and and i again that's like that's what made the ending of the first one like so solid for me okay was like it wasn't just like the cool ending with him killing aaron but also like you know the kind of revelation about just like the entirety of what you've just watched you know yeah yeah that this is all you know this is all just like his movie about murdering this one person (laughs) you know and he's got a whole shell you they show like a whole cabinet full of like these cassettes and everything Oh yeah, at the end of the um, first at the end one. Of the movie, yeah. So, um, you know, this is just like one. Str- so it's got like a really. It just like ties everything. It like spins everything around, gives mm-hmm. it all a nice conclusion. So yeah, the ending of two just kind of being this like eh, I don't know what happened. Just fucked up, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I'm still alive, you know. Um, yeah, it was really like all it was. Just felt a little bit more like uh, okay. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, just didn't didn't really pay, especially again, like how strong and how cool the relationship was that that was established between Sarah and and Aaron as Aaron. he refers to himself in the second one. Um, you know, I just didn't get that like solid kind of payoff to it like I did in part one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, oh yeah, also worth mentioning. So uh, the actor uh, actor who plays Sarah in part two mm-hmm. is a filmmaker herself. Yeah, I looked her up. Uh, yeah, her name's Desiree Akavan. Uh huh. Um, I'm not sure if I'm butchering that. I'll. I, I should just pronounce every like you know name that I can't. That I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing correctly, like an asshole American, just to be <laughs> you know, just to be totally safe, basically. Yeah. Like I'm not even trying. So I'm gonna Desiree Ackhaven. <laughs> um. But uh, but yeah, she directed uh, the Miseducation of Cameron Post, um, mm-hmm. which I never saw, but it's like a, a movie with. Chloe Grace Moretz about yeah. Uh, yeah like a young girl being forced into gay conversion therapy by um, oh that's conservative right that's parents right. and stuff and um 
Yeah, so, you know, which I think, again, helped play into, you know, her improvisation within those scenes when we were talking about, like, a lot of the stuff that she was bringing up did seem very much like even Duplass Mm -hmm. was kind of surprised by it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that might have been part of the reason why they cast her. I mean, she was good in the role, but also, like, I think what she was able to bring to the table, just, like, actually being, like, a director as well. And kind That's of like a, yeah. approaching how would you, she would improvise this character, like, you know, with that kind of mindset uh, allowed her to come up with some of these ideas that I think really, you know, kind of ignited some of those scenes um, or set them off in, in ways that really made them fascinating, you know. What I really liked is uh, the baggage that I carry with me going into a found footage movie is that it's just going to be uh, shaky for the sake for the sake of being scary. Right. I think that's like what usually happens in found footage movies is like if you can't tell what's going on, like that's that's where the fear comes from. And it's like, no, that's just where the frustration and nausea comes from. And then I'm like done. Mm-hmm. But um, but I really liked that once it in the first movie, once it took that the tonal shift into the horror movie where he was like back at his house and he was being stalked like it was only maybe like five minutes of, you know, hearing sounds in the room or in the house mm-hmm. And then seeing him outside the door, like there was just one sequence of like genuine stalking. And like that was that was it. And like it's like you got your point across with that. And the whole movie just the whole usually whole movies are just that is just exactly. Yeah. The the same trope over and over again, the same stalking, the same noise that we're hearing. And it just builds and it builds and it builds until, you know, we have a sequence that is meant to be like the ultimate scary thing. And it's just not. And then the movie's over. Mm hmm. Um, but I like that, I like that, um, you know, that the guy Patrick Bryce was like using, like you were saying, like using, using the camera and the idea of found footage in a way like that, where it's just like, I only need to have like one sequence of like stalking for it to get across and it doesn't need to be like a jump scare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it was, it's, he seemed so, uh, keenly and intelligently aware of all the the pitfalls of the found footage, you know, and the yeah. cliches and shit that, like, you know, they'd been doing since Blair Witch, you know, which was, like, 20 years at this point. Right, exactly. Um, you know, it's like, why are we still doing found footage the same way? You know, we should be thinking about this more. And, yeah, so it seemed, like, keenly aware of, like, what those pitfalls were and came up with a lot of good solutions for getting around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but without being, like, contrived or, like, we're just trying to avoid doing this, you know, obviously it was like, no, it just, it had jump scares, but it did them in the beginning as a joke. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it used the first half of the movie to, like, draw you in and actually, like, build character development instead of, like, most found footage, again, is just, like, we're obnoxiously, like, cutting around, like, a party and then 10 minutes later something goes wrong and then now, yeah, we're in stalking sequence after stalking sequence where we can't see anything because we're on this little camera screen. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, this really avoided that and, you know, did all the stuff that, like, these types of movies usually can't do, which is, like, establish the characters really well. Even the guy behind the camera, you know, because of... Uh, sure, he's filming himself at times, kind of explaining, like, what's going on, but, you know, even just the way that, that uh, Joseph... Uh, interacts with him in the first movie you know that gets mm-hmm. him to like really kind of be a part of the storytelling process and everything as well yeah um yeah no it just does like a really really smart job of, of getting all those things together and uh yeah avoiding the troubles that that plague basically every other <laughs> version of this type of movie um so yeah no it was, it was impressive it's just again like that's what kind of made it feel like 
there's a real competent filmmaker at the helm here, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Like really, they, they obviously just knew like what they were doing and like what territory they were walking into and where, where to avoid stepping. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you have like an idea of where a number three could go? Um, did you like think about it at all or anything? I mean, you know, I didn't really. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, not, not a whole lot at least. Um, at least not really beyond kind of what I mentioned before that, like, you know, that, potentially the ending of two is going to somehow move into three. And that's, you know, why it felt so much less uh, solid and conclusive than the end of the first one. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't uh, like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I really don't know. Like I, there's taking, a part of taking me up a, taking up a protege or something, or like actually having a son or something and like teaching his kid. <laughs> There's a part of me that kind of wanted, I don't know why I, I get this feeling of, I get this feeling of number three opening on that footage of Sarah on the train mm -hmm. and it cutting to black and then the lights going up in a theater and it's Joseph or Aaron, whatever he's calling himself, like basically presenting his movie to like a, in like a film festival or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the more and more that you and I were talking about it and as you were talking about how the, the way it's shot is, you know, is used inside of its narrative with, you know, Joseph being the one that edits the first video. I just kept thinking of it on more of like a, like a movie term, like where would he go next to sort of mm -hmm. up, up the ante of having yeah. everybody see, see it more is wide, it, what he's been doing. It's his, his attempts at getting distribution for his, <laughs> what appear to be low budget indie film. That would be amazing. Actually, that would be, if it was I, just like yeah. him on the festival circuit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh my yeah, God, some, dude. Some shit heel festival director pays him some like kind of lip service compliment. And he's just like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just got an idea for a new movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that would be hysterical. Yeah, I would love to just see, see him on like the festival circuit trying to get mm -hmm. his his movies out there, you know. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I, I have no idea where they would go uh, yeah. with the third one. I can I can understand why they said they're they're kind of struggling with with coming up with a script for it because I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't I don't know how you put another kind of like twist on the character like that. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, not just not just turn it into. Either you can't just continue with like the you know like listless meandering middle aged character. Uh, you can't just turn him back into like oh okay it's just going to be an hour and fifteen minutes of me stalking another person because like we've already been there done that. But, right, right. Yeah, this like uh, this like Zardu esque impresario type <laughs> character that you're turning him into right now is kind yeah, of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, when, whenever it does come out, though, whenever they get around to, to making it, I will definitely be checking it out. No, yeah. Uh, Same I'm, here. I'm a fan now, yeah. I think uh, I read that Netflix was also part of uh, releasing Creep, Creep 2. They were. They're, uh, they, it said uh, it had their name in the credits at the beginning, even. Yeah, it was like yeah. Uh, Netflix. I think I, yeah, I think the first one was straight to digital, um, but I, I don't think it was like immediately on Netflix. But then part two, yeah, I think they had, they had a deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Set up for it because they're both. We should also mention too, both uh, Bloomhouse uh, productions as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The first one was on the BH Tilt, 
sub label, but then the second one I think had the the proper full on full... house. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Well, that's all I got for these movies, Dorian. Yeah, same here. I, I'm I'm good on these. Happy, yeah. Again, really happy that uh, I watched them. Really happy you watched them. Enjoyed them as well. Because, uh, I, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm I'm a little upset that Hannah was. I turned them on when Hannah was asleep. Oh, she didn't see them. No, because um, you know she's like me, just been burned so many fucking times. I'm like, hey, I've heard this is good, and she's just like, eh. How many times have we heard that before? And I'm like, uh, I know, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it again. Yeah, you know, because I won't. So I just turned it on because I really didn't know what to expect, and I was like, ah, this might just suck. Also, again, found footage. <laughs> it's like there's not there's not really a lot working in this movie's favor and then like right. i don't know kind of 20 minutes in i was like damn i should have waited for hannah i think she'd actually <laughs> really like this yeah so i might watch them again because um, yeah because i think she'd actually dig them and uh you know I'd, I'd, and again they're so short i don't mind and, and also just kind of like knowing where they end up and how much i like this guy's character <laughs> kind of want to watch them again uh kaz walked kaz walked in on me watching the end of number one Oh, okay. And so I I hit him up when I finished number two, and I was like, "Yo, number two is number two is pretty good too." And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I got to watch number one from the beginning." I was like, "You should watch both. Like, they're they're yeah, they're really good. Yeah, totally. No, they're they're Sweet. definitely worth watching." So was was Jessica saying uh, on Friday night when we were on Facetime that she didn't like the first one? Yeah, her and I didn't talk about it any further than that, but I didn't know that okay. she had seen him before. Yeah, yeah, no, and she, I don't know if she's seen two. It didn't sound like it. I think she yeah. said she just saw one and she really didn't like it. I was like, pretty awesome movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your problem. Maybe she was expecting more of like a horror movie, you know, uh, like through the entirety of it. But it's like, no, I mean, the, the first half of part one is legitimately like just funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. just like cracking up watching this whole thing. Tubbies and shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tubby. Yeah. All right. But well, um, I think this might, I think this might kick off a uh, us do us watching some some se- some first movies and sequels and trilogies and reviewing them. Yeah, we were talking sequels, trilogies, uh, originals versus remakes. Um, now, first and last movies from different directors. I like this idea too. We got yeah, we got a bunch of dumb shit we can do from here on out. So yeah, so it'll definitely uh, this trend will definitely be continuing. Yeah, yeah, we'll just, we'll come up with a new stupid concept every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell you what it is. All right, thanks for doing this, Dorian. I appreciate yeah. it. As always, my pleasure. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye.